It's official. The Pittsburgh Steelers did trade away Melvin Ingram for just a six-round draft pick. You'll get all my reactions to that on this episode of the Locked On Steelers podcast. But also, why it might not be this crippling sense of losing Melvin Ingram on a defense that is playing well right now. We're going to look at some of the defensive numbers for the, for the Steelers. Go, go look at who's been effective, how they've been effective, and what could the Steelers be looking at. We'll also look at some 12 personnel talk as far as how the Steelers run blocking is working for the team and a few more numbers that could interest you Steelers fans. I'm Chris Carter, host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Here, we are always appreciative when you make us your first listen every day. We are available for free on all podcast platforms. Let's get into it. Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Don't forget the like button on, on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It really helps us out here. Remember, if you leave a five-star review with a positive uh, comment on Apple Podcasts, we also give you a shout-out at the end of the show. But we have a lot to talk about. Now, we talked about this a lot. The last couple episodes, right? We talked about it Friday with Jenna Harner because of the rumors that crept up about Melvin Ingram wanting a trade. We talked about it on Tony Tuesday with uh, to, with, with Tony about the possibility of him being traded as well as Eric Ebron. Well, we now know those results. I did a quick reaction video also on our YouTube channel about Melvin Ingram being traded to the Kansas City Chiefs for a sixth round pick. Now, it, it boils down to what Tony was saying uh, yes, on yesterday's show, we had to, you know, we're, we're all basing this off of reports with this person saying what that person's saying and not to discredit any reporter, but you always want to say, hey, OK, we'll give the person the benefit of the doubt until, you know, and, and see what they say. But this shows that everything that was being said about Melvin Ingram from the reports of Ian Rappaport and Aditi Kinkle were right. He wanted out of town. He, he thought he was better than Alex Highsmith. He, he didn't appreciate the amount of snaps that he was getting. He felt that, you know, he should be over the second year player. Um, And that's just that's just what it is. And it comes down to what Tony brought up earlier uh, on, on the show, saying if you have a 32 year old veteran on your roster who's not a superstar player. You know, it'd be different if that guy was playing the way that T.J. Watt is playing right now. Then you'd be like, all right, well, you know, one, he'd be starting. Two, you, you, you'd find a way to make that work. But you're not going to move heaven and earth and compromise your organization and your locker room for a guy who doesn't want to be there, who's brought, who was brought there in the first place to be a spell edge rusher. And let's face it. T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith were always the starters. We talked about that going into this season. They really like Alex Highsmith, and he's showing them why. He's showing us why they invested in him. Now, I look at T.J. Watt. I look at Alex Highsmith, and, you know, you saw, we, we talked about it. Both of them played an insane amount of snaps on Sunday against the Browns. Not ideal. You want to be able to get them some rest so they can be fresher late in the game because there's going to be games where they're playing more snaps. But you can't do that with Melvin Ingram at the expense of him 
maybe pouting around the locker room, maybe not, maybe not contributing as much, maybe finding ways to not play. And Mike Tomlin even said it in his Tuesday press conference. He brought up, you know, we don't want hostages. We want volunteers. And that's a phrase that he's used before. He also brought up, he said, this is why we focus on developing in the draft. Because when you bring in guys from outside organizations, they have expectations. And if you don't give them what they want and you don't and you're not the person that's helped nurture them into the league and help develop them, and they don't get those expectations that they felt for themselves, even though even if you communicated what your expectations were, they're gonna be upset. And that's the thing here. The Steelers didn't do anything wrong by Melvin Ingram. By all accounts, I mean Melvin Ingram said when he was asked when he first showed up at Steelers minicamp and you know practices that he he knew what the deal was. He was what willing to contribute whatever he was asked to do. And it turns out that's not the case because he wasn't willing to sit on the bench a little bit for Alex Highsmith. And hey, that you know, if Melvin Ingram doesn't want to do that, that's fine. That's his prerogative. That's his decision. He's a free man. He can he can say what he wants and do what he wants in that respect. And now he goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I will say this, you know, as much as the Steelers kind of had to do this, this was a loss of, of, of a half to do a move. You know, it you know, you you didn't want to give up a guy that you got in free agency for just a six-round pick. Um, you know, it, it, that's an unfortunate position to be in, but the gamble of going to get a Melvin Ingram to see if he'll fit in with your defense was worth the shot. And when all, when all three guys were healthy and they were playing at the same time and they were locked in, it did make the defense a different level. I mean, the, the way they played against the bills in that first game was spectacular, but when TJ Watt went down and Alex Highsmith went down and Melvin Ingram kind of had to carry the group. He wasn't able to do that, but he did provide some relief. But the bottom line is this. Yes, the defensive front is even thinner on the depth chart than before. The Steelers did officially promote Taco Charlton, so he'll be part of that. And Mike Tomlin said he looked more than adequate on Sunday. We'll see if that holds up in a larger sample size. But the bottom line is this. This is still a very talented defense. This is still a top five defense in the NFL. But it's now become a top-heavy top-five defense in the NFL because they don't have any backups. If, if, if T.J. Watt or Alex Highsmith go down, it's a problem, and it's a real problem because then you're looking at Taco Charlton becoming a starter and then Derek Tugs having to play a lot more snaps than you anticipated. So you're gambling. You're gambling on your guys being healthy. You're gambling on your guys being, uh, you know, being consistent. And you're gambling on not needing to use them for 70 to 80 snaps in a game like we've seen how the Steelers have to do in recent years. But I do think that the gambles that the Steelers have made in general have worked. I also think that you that Tony was right. You had to do this move if this was the case. I was holding out to say, like, maybe maybe Melvin will step back and say, hey, I was just trying to see if I could get any move to go somewhere where I could start. I'm not that pressed. I'll stick on this team. That wasn't the case. He got to go. And that's what I said with Tony. I was like, if, if Melvin's make it, making us think about this, he's got to go because you got way too many young players and rookies on this team who will be impressionable, who are just starting to understand what it's like to be in the NFL. And if they see that all you have to do is complain to the media and private channels to get more snaps, what message does that send to the rest of the locker room? That's why the Steelers, they don't budge in these situations. They say, look, you know, we'll deal with, we'll, we'll put you in when we feel we you, just, you deserve to be put in. 
So now all the all the guys on the roster, yeah, you got all these rookies, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth. Not that those guys would be in this category, but you know, maybe some of those middle round draft picks, Kendrick Green, Dan Moore Jr., even some guys that have been on the team a couple of years, Chakuma Corfor, Terrell Edmonds. Now they see, you know what? I, I can't just, you know, you know, tweet something out, even though you know Melvin Ingram didn't tweet anything, but I can't just, you know, you know, leak something to a reporter and hope that it festers and then it becomes this big thing, and then I get what I want. I will end up having to to get the step in. So that's the message that was sent there. But I, there's some really interesting defensive numbers that the Steelers have put up. And again, on Sunday they didn't have Melvin Ingram, and that was one of their better uh, defensive performances of the season. Without without him, I want to look at some of those numbers and what has made this defense special and more successful. We will do that uh, shortly here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, I got to tell you guys about GetUpside. Hey, Steelers fans, I have a new incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your next take again that's promo code touchdown for 50 cents cash back on your first tank on the get upside app Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're keeping it rolling. We thank you for making us your first listen on podcast platforms every single day. We're on all the free platforms available for you to download, listen to on your way to work, on your way from work, while you're at work, while you're on your way to school, no matter who you are. We thank you all for rocking with us. Let's get, let's look at some, some facts here. Now, one thing that Mike Tomlin talked about, in his Tuesday press conference. And I was sitting front row. I got to ask a couple questions and, uh, you know, he, he gave some interesting answers. I asked about the offensive line. I've a- I asked about a few other things, but one thing that he touched on with talking about the Steelers and what they have to work on. Now, again, they're coming off a big win. He can feel happy about a lot of things, but Mike Tomlin's not there. He's, he's all focused on, this is what you got to do to move forward. They're not resting on their laurels of a big defensive win and going up against the Chicago Bears team that's been struggling. They they know that, they, that they've got to fix a lot of things. And one thing he talked about was playing more leverage-aware football. Now, what does that mean? Leverage-aware football is, is pertaining to coverage and making sure that, hey, whether you're in zone or you're in man coverage, if you're a linebacker playing off ball and covering, if you're a cornerback, if you're a safety, you have to establish the proper side of leverage to not give up the easier passing lanes for the quarterback. Now that may sound like some, uh, some, some mumbo jumbo to people that are just like, Whoa, Whoa, Chris, Chris, I, you, you're, you're here to break things down for me. Make this simple, man. I get, I get that you're a big football guy. Well, let, let me explain some of those passes that you saw going to Jarvis Landry, even the ones that he was dropping where Baker Mayfield was able to hit a couple slants or got or, or passes to the inside. were given up because guys just had the wrong leverage uh, established. 
Now, there's different situations where leverage plays plays a factor. And what do I mean by leverage? It means it often deals with where you line up. For example, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to use some hand gestures to help guide you. If you're listening to it, just try to picture it as best as I can, as best as you can. If you're in man coverage, your typical leverage is you want to make sure that the center of your body or that they, that, that your shoulder, that you're shading to the inside, so that the, the that your your inside shoulder, your outside shoulder, excuse me. So if uh, say say I'm lining up here and I'm go- and I'm the receiver, you want to make sure that your inside shoulder or your outside shoulder is right here because you want your inside shoulder that's closer to the part of the field and not closer to the sideline. You want that shoulder being more free so that if the if the receiver tries to cut inside. You are ready to shield that. You are ready to 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 to, say, to usher that guy to say, "Hey, you're trying to run a slant. Guess what? I'm in front of your slant. So if your quarterback leads you, I'm breaking up the pass." Oftentimes, when you're in zone, you kind of have an outside leverage. An outside meaning you might more line up straight up, like just just head to head. And with that person breaks inside, you kind of trail and play behind them and try to fight through fight through the hands to knock the pass out. But you also know that there's help coming from the other side. And when that happens, you there needs to be better communication from anyone that you're that you would be collabing with. Like if there's a slant coming and the, and Joe Hayden is playing his man and he's playing zone and he has to kind of run with him a little bit and he has that outside leverage. Whoever is coming from the other side has to know and, and that that's going to be there. And if they don't come and help Joe, most likely a, a Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson or whoever they're playing. They're playing Justin Fields this week. It's going to be able to lead the guy easily, and Joe Hayden won't be able to do a thing. But you got to close down those passing windows. And those were the mistakes that the Steelers were, were making against the Browns at different times that allowed them to make a, make a few plays here and there. Granted, it wasn't grave mistakes because, of course, they won the game and they found ways to make plays with it. But those are the things that they do have to be sharper with. Like I've said before, I still see Baker Mayfield as the worst quarterback in the AFC North. So you got that dub, but you know that you won't get too many poor performances like that moving forward. And Justin Fields, even though he hasn't figured things out yet and he's a rookie and he's going he's going through his growing pains in Chicago, you do not want a rookie quarterback to start feeling that way. So that's something that the Steelers can work on. The good thing about this is that they can have a lot of different guys to work on it with. Why is that, you ask? Because this team is doing an amazing job of getting pressure with just four rushers. Now, what am, what am I getting to with this? Let's look at some numbers here. Now, these numbers are from Pro Football Focus that I'm, that I'm pulling up right now. The Steelers, as you can see on this list, if you're looking on YouTube, are blitzing just 20.1% of the time. That is the sixth fewest or the sixth lowest blitz percentage of all pass plays in the NFL. And then when you look, but here's and so that means that the Steelers, they're only rushing four. They're not rushing five. They're not bringing cornerbacks. They're not bringing extra linebackers. They are they are allowing seven guys or more to play in coverage and to help against the pass. So you say, okay, well they're doing that. Well, what is that? You know, what is the results of that? Well, here's what makes this so amazing. Let's look at the hurry percentages of all of all pass plays. The Steelers are generating hurries on at a, at a clip of fifteen point two percent. Of their pass plays. Same thing goes for pressures. When you look at those, 28.6%. Both of those are the third highest numbers in the league as far as percentage of plays that they hurry the quarterback or they pressure a quarterback. Plays that they alter where the quarterback is standing on a given play. 
That means while rushing blitz, well, that means while blitzing the sixth fewest amount amount of time, you know, the sixth the sixth uh, uh, least times in the league, the sixth uh, the sixth lowest percentage in the league of how many times they blitz. They are getting the third best pressure rates and the third press hurry rates in the NFL. That purely means that front four is working. Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith. It is working. Now, granted, their sacks, and as I'm showing here, here, here are the numbers, their sacks, they rank 11th in sacks at 19. Teams, partially, this is because teams are just working to get the ball out faster because they know these guys are coming. But the, you look at the pressure, you look at the hurry percentages, that shows you what the Steelers are doing on defense. It shows you what they're able to do to change what the offense is doing, to, to make them compromise. Okay, you know what? Typically, yeah, we'd like to sit, sit our quarterback back there in the pocket longer to make a throw down the field. We can't do that. We got to work on RPO offense, a quick passing game, something along those lines. And then that also, when you start doing that, it makes it more predictable for those guys to play with leverage and to work to make sure that, hey, those guys in coverage now, it's like, hey, when we're playing with that leverage that Mike Tomlin's talking about, we know if this pressure is getting home 28% of the time at a at a clip that's a lot higher than our opponents, we know that we might not have to run that that you know, that that much to maintain this leverage. So all we got to do is, you know, for the first six, seven, eight seconds of the play, have those spots locked down and make it so that the quarterback has to hold on to the ball. That's where this team can see the most improvement. And back to the Melvin Ingram situation. You're like, well, Chris, wasn't he a part of that? Yes, he was. Now I'm pulling up more numbers here. Melvin Ingram did have a ton of hurries. In fact, according to PFF, those numbers I gave you earlier were from, 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 from pro football reference. But according to PFF, Melvin Ingram has 11 pressures on the season. Now Cam Hayward has 21, or 11 hurries on the season, excuse me. Cam Hayward is 21. That's ridiculous. But you look at you look at the other guys that are getting there. TJ Watt, first of all, has eight seconds. That's ridiculous. But even Chris Wormley is getting in the act. Alex Highsmith is getting at. Heck, I, I brought this up on the on the Tuesday episode of the podcast. That first sack was because Alex Highsmith, even though he didn't get credit with anything, he got in there and he forced Baker Mayfield to have to, to, to leave to leave his his launch spot and spin out of it, and then that allowed the rest of the guys to get home. And I believe it was Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt who ended up with those sacks. This group can win those assignments. This group can come out here and create pressure with just four guys down, and this is something that they've wanted to do for years. And there's still a chance that Stephon Tua can come back. I know some Steelers fans are going to be like, I've been hearing this for weeks, and I'm tired of hearing it, but you got to understand this guy's going through a rehab process. It takes time, and their Steelers don't have to tell us much. Mike Tomlin did say it's been the status quo. It was another positive week of preparation for Stephon Tua, and then he's working his way back, and there hasn't been any negative setbacks. That's as best as you can hope for as a Steelers fan right now. Now, it doesn't mean he's coming back anytime soon, but he may be coming back at some point this season. If you can get a Stephon Tua, you know, even if he's you know kind of 80% of what he was last year, that's still pretty good considering he had 11 sacks. You know, that'd be like an eight-sack season from your interior defensive line. That's still pretty doggone good. But a lot of what makes is going to make this defense special, even without Melvin Ingram, are these guys' abilities to win their matchups, win their, their, win their pressures, win their pass rushing reps. When they're running defense, too, they got to they defend the run as well. They show that they could do that against the number one rushing offense in the NFL last week. 
They go up against what Mike Tillman called the number five rushing offense in the NFL this week with the Bears. But they have the potential. They need to be healthy, and, and that's the one thing I'll say about Melvin Ingram going. It does put the stress on if you're not healthy, you're in trouble. Whereas before, yes, they'd be in trouble, but maybe it wouldn't have been as big a deal. Maybe you find a way to say, ah, you know what? This is not a, you know, this, this isn't the, the situation that we that, that we were too worried about. I mean, the Bears right now, they're averaging 136 yards, over 136 yards on the ground. They got to be ready to take away that run with the defensive front. And then when they do, you, you got to win with those pressures up front. And when you're winning with those pressures up front without having to send the Devin Bush blitzes, the Cam Sutton blitzes, you know, the, the extra blitzes, the Arthur Mollett blitzes, like they used to blitz Mike, Mike Hilton, then you create more coverage problems for quarterbacks to figure out. And that will be how you start to win more of those passing downs and get more creative in what you may call to confuse quarterbacks while also being able to play more disciplined in your leverage, as Mike Tomlin said. Now I want to talk a little bit about some 12 personnel packages that the Steelers have that have been running. We talked a little bit about the tight ends stepping up yesterday on the podcast. We'll get to that and new power rankings listed from the Lockdown over the Lockdown Podcast Network. But first, we got to tell you guys about Bet Online. We're back and better than ever at Bet Online. There's a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and even more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remembers remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. That's LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all capital letters, all one word. From basketball to football to, ba- to baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it doesn't taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are either chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. But a Built Bar is soft. It's covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience and one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. All the healthy benefits on top of just purely being delicious with so many flavors. Another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Built is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days. So check out their website, Built.com, often because you don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com. You promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We're keeping things rolling here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter, your host. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Remember, you can rate this show five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you combine that with a positive comment, you get a special shout-out at the end of the show. 
like and subscribe to our YouTube videos. We thank you for making us your first podcast listen every day. Now, before we get into some 12 personnel talk, quick review. Let's look at some power rankings as released by the Locked Dog Podcast Network. I apologize for not sharing this with you guys every week. It, it is done every week. We all vote. We all This is all the hosts in the Locked On NFL Network. These are our votes and where everything goes. As you see, your Pittsburgh Steelers are ranked at 13. They're up two spots from being ranked 15. They are just two spots ahead of uh, the Browns, who were bumped down to 15. They're one spot above the Chiefs. Right above the Steelers are the Bengals at 12th place at 5-3. and three. The Chargers at 11. The Saints at 10. The Raiders at 9. Titans at 8. Ravens at 7. Cardinals at six, Buccaneers at five, Cowboys at four, Bills at three, Packers at two, Rams at one. Now, isn't it interesting that when you look at the Steelers' schedule, a lot of them games are some of those teams I just mentioned. The Browns at 15 just beat them. The Bills, the number three team in the country, according to these power rankings, they've already beaten them. And the teams that have beaten the Steelers, the Packers, the number two team, the Raiders, the number nine team, the Bengals, the number 12 team. I think that shows that the Steelers, you know, even though they played poorly in those games, and, and we can acknowledge they played poorly in those games. Ben Roethlisberger was bad in those games. The defense was hurt up and played poorly as, as a result. Those are clear Games where those were those are some of the teams that people across the across the country are saying some of the better teams in the NFL, and the other games they won against those teams. It shows the Steelers. I do think can hang with anybody. Now I will say, the Rams they just got Von Miller. My goodness, that's terrifying. And there's some teams out there that are, that are really tough, but in the AFC especially. I think things are wide open for the Steelers to attack. I really I really do. But part of that attack has to come from the run game getting better. And I think part of it also with the run game getting better is finding true balance on the offense. And one of the balances on the offense can be the 12 personnel. Now, what does 12 personnel mean? 12 personnel just means one running back, two tight ends and then when you know that you have one running back and two tight ends you know that you know that uh there's going to be two receivers left because there can only be five uh skill position players on the field at a time with one quarterback and five linemen because 5 5 and 1 makes 11 so there you go so if you ever if you ever hear those numbers that's what that means but 12 personnel simply means there's two tight ends on the field and those two t- two tight ends are of course Pat Farmuth and Zach Gentry and I got to say the Steelers didn't move Eric Ebron. And I said this, I said this on the Tuesday episode. I didn't think they would because one injury to Pat Frymuth or uh Zach Gentry puts them right back at square one where they only have one guy that they trust. So they need a guy like that that they could who can come in. But I want you to look at some of the numbers from PFF about how many runs run blocking snaps these guys have played. Now, looking at the numbers. You know, you got you got you know your linemen up top there who have, who played there. You know, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. They're they're the starting receivers. They're going to be there. But Pat Frymuth and Zach Gentry being the next two guys on this list, long before Eric Ebron. According to PFF, Pat Frymuth has played 107 
run blocking snaps this this season. Zach Gentry, 82 run blocking snaps. Eric Ebron, 44. That's how much of a difference it is. And this has always been a liability for Eric Ebron, his his, his inability to block at the hole. It seems like at times unwillingness to block in the hole. And that's a problem because the tight end position, what makes the tight end position potentially so special is the fact that these are big guys that can go out there and bully people, but also go out there and finesse people. Be the guy that blows people off the ball with amazing blocks and changing the line of scrimmage, but also be the guy that can make the tough catch over the middle and make a play with it. You saw Pat Frymuth do that the latter there when he caught that red zone touchdown pass, one of the catches of the season. And he's doing better in the run blocking game. He's get he's slowly getting better. There's Zach Gentry. That was his biggest weakness. Zach Gentry was you know coming out of a college in Michigan. I think he's, he's a fifth round pick a couple of years back. You know, he could catch the ball in practices, but he couldn't block for anything. Now he's blocking. And now you have a situation where you can bring out two receivers, Najee, two tight ends. And then Ben Roethlisberger can say, you know what? I like our run blocking matchups. We're going to run Najee Harris. We're going to have our two tight ends block. We're going to get some advantages there. And then if he sees his defenses start to overcommit to that, he's like, you know what? We're going to throw the ball. We like Pat Frymuth in the middle. Zach Gentry's becoming a little reliable check down option, even though he also had a big, a huge catch deep down the field in his last game. And then you still got this the speedster Chase Claypool, Mapletron, a guy that's going to be, you know, that, that just should be making plays out there. And Deontay Johnson, who we saw commit cut, you know, we saw he could take a quick slant for 50 yards in that game, pick him up and put him down. And then, of course, Najee Harris, who he's just Najee Harris. And it's crazy that I'm saying that like, he's only been here for what seven games. And we're and we're talking about him like he's that guy because he is that guy. But I really think Steelers fans keep an eye out for those 12 personnel looks because it's going to get you more opportunities to, to balance that run with the pass put defenses in tough guessing tough guessing games and when defenses have to guess it gives Ben Roethlisberger a little bit of an edge we'll see if that edge does continue and carry over into the next game against the Chicago Bears we'll be talking about the Chicago Bears with Lauren Cox of the Locked On Bears podcast tomorrow on our crossover Thursday episode right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast thanks so much for tuning in whether you're listening to us on Apple Spotify Google Podcasts or Odyssey or watching us on YouTube Thank you. Any way that you can support us, if you share this share this show, if you rate us five stars with a positive comment on Apple, if you like this video on YouTube, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, all those ways are ways to help us. And I, I'm a man of my word. When someone gives me a five-star review with a positive comment on Apple and I see it, I put it up here. This one comes from You'll Hate This App. That's their name. Not not the not not me saying that. I'm saying that the person's name is you'll hate this app. They live a five-star review that says, Great show. I can always count on Chris to provide daily content with quality production. He's a true professional in the game. This show is always spot on. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. You'll hate this app. Really appreciate you so much for your five-star review. Get your shout out believing your five-star review on Apple. That stuff really helps out the show. Thanks again for listening and watching the program today. You can follow me, Chris Carter, on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Hit me up anytime you got questions or anything else. We'll be back tomorrow with our crossover Thursday episode right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Be sure to stay tuned with all the great things we got lined up. It's going to be a fun week leading up to Monday Night Football against the Chicago Bears.